Hey, it's New Music Friday, our quick run-through of the essential albums out on February 16th. I'm Robin Hilton from All Songs Considered. I'm joined by NPR Music's Ann Powers. Hello. And Rodney Carmichael. Hey, what up? And this is the music of Reggie Snow. I need no, no, no. I got to go, go, go. Stack that do, do, do. The new album out now from Reggie Snow is called Dear Annie and Rodney. Who is Reggie Snow and what's cool about this one? Reggie Snow is a cat that is from Dublin, Ireland, of all places, which kind of blew my mind when I found out about it just because I didn't know there were cats like Reggie in Ireland rapping like he is. He happens to be signed to 300, which is the same label that has people like Young Thug, Migos was formerly on that label, but he sounds totally different than anybody associated with that label on the hip-hop side. He's a very cool cat, very mellow. He's more Catronata associated than anything gangster rapish at all. He, and he also can sing. He, he's real melodic, too, but not in the way that hip-hop has been melodic in the past year or two. And this whole album is kind of inspired by past relationships. He calls the album Dear Annie. But it's also a lot about his own kind of thought process and maturity. You know, he's still a young guy. He's got really creative ways of getting his point across. And this album also is very much about his own experience of of trying to understand his identity as a black rapper, as a black artist living in Ireland. Exactly. And he talks a lot about that in interviews. He talked a lot about that with us in an upcoming interview. And I think that it's something that's helped him define himself and distinguish himself from hip-hop that we typically hear on this side of the water. I mean, he he talks about how he didn't really relate to gangster rap growing up and that kind of thing. And I think kind of being a fish out of water, in a sense, helped him to, to really develop a dope, unique style. No, I can't leave you alone. Little black boy like Mike, magic in my hands all day, all night. Stop signs running through life might kill me. A nigga might fuck tonight. Throwing the weed is all I need. The Alize, the ski, ski, ski. The picket fence, the corner shop, the after school. The girls we got way, way back in the nosebleed section. I'm so young, so dumb, so reckless. I got bars like antidepressant. You signed off for your girls, stay texting. In that interview you mentioned, Rodney, you and NPR Music, Sydney Madden did, and we'll have that up Monday, so people should definitely check that out. Definitely, yeah. So Reggie Snow, he's this kind of a new and up-and-coming artist, but let's go to one who is still, she's still really very young, but already considered, I think, a beloved veteran, and that's Brandy Carlisle and her new record, uh, By the Way I Forgive You. He wasn't really known for breaking the rules when he arrived in the second year of my high school. He wasn't so much of a twist of fate as a short turn up from a southern state. He was born with a sweet tooth he couldn't be, always trying to find himself something sweet. All that he found was the trouble in me, or maybe trouble just found him. It was hard to hide that his heart had scars. He would stay up late talking to the stars. 
People tried to blame him for making bad choices When he was only listening to the voices And searching for some kind of deeper truth Between the lines and the babble and living through There's no point now to judge him in vain If you haven't been there, you don't know the pain Carlisle, uh, one of my favorite artists, and I think one of the great voices of this time. She has tried a lot of different things in her career, and we should say she and her band, the twins, Tim and Phil Hanseroth, who've played with her on every album, they've done really kind of Roy Orbison-inspired stuff on her classic album, The Story. They've made stuff that's that's very rock. They've done Americana-ish country. And, and this album, I think, is just a perfect sweet spot for Brandy. Um, she made it here in Nashville at RCA Studio A with Dave Cobb and she and Dave came up with just this excellent frame for her songs and her voice. I spoke with her right before she released the first single off the record The Joke and she talked about how she'd felt pushed in ways she hadn't before working with Dave. Pushed to just go to the limit with her incredible voice, to try different kinds of arrangements, and to really go for a classic sound. And I love that Brandy's incredible empathy and um, beautiful songwriting style uh, has this frame around it. And you mentioned her empathy, this record. It's at least in part, you know, a response to hatred and discrimination, and she responds with love. Absolutely. Brandy is all about the love. It's just a really rich blend of the personal and the universal on this record, by the way, I forgive you. So Brandy responds with love, and this next band responds with outrage, and that is Super Chunk. The record is What a Time to Be Alive. I'm really knocked out by how good this record by Superchunk is. What a time to be alive. I mean, there's no shortage of protest songs about the current state of the world. I guess it's just uh, astonishing to me that one of the most potent collections of songs is, comes from a band that was writing music like this back when George Bush Sr. was president. You know, they formed back in the late 80s, Superchunk did, in Chapel Hill. And this new record that's out today, What a Time to Be Alive, it's just raw and ragged and blunt and... It's just sort of takes no prisoners rock. You know, there are songs like Reagan Youth, Cloud of Hate, Lost My Brain, Bad Choices, but also super, super infectious too. It's the band's first in five years, and I think it's one of the best they've ever done. 
Don't you think that those, I guess we have to call us middle-aged indie rockers, maybe because we've been through so many different political cycles, it's almost like the outrage is cooked and simmered as in a stew, and it really has like deep flavor. That's kind of how I feel about this record. Or maybe you're more exasperated than ever because you've been living with it for so much longer. <laughs> but Possibly. I, you know, but I guess I'm always excited when a veteran band shows that they still have plenty of gas in the tank. You know, after all, yeah. after 30 years of making music together, Together. It's just a really potent record, I think. Super Chunk, what a time to be alive. As I always mention on these episodes of New Music Friday, we are focusing on full albums out now that you can listen to and that should be listened to in their entirety. And I think that's certainly true of our next one. And that's uh, the record by Nipsey Hussle called Victory Lap. The album from Nipsey Hussle called Victory Lap, and the song we're hearing is called Hustle and Motivate. And Rodney, this is very much a, a story album. Yeah, Nipsey's story as a, as a hustler. I mean, this is, you know, Nip- Nipsey has been around for a while, but this is his first album with a major label after really building up his career on an indie level. This is a cat who classically sold his mixtape several years ago for $100 a pop at a time when everybody was wow. giving their music away for free, right? Especially wow. mixtapes. And did he get away with it? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it gained him some 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 notoriety. Jay-Z bought, I, I want to say maybe like 100 copies, you know, just kind of impressed with his game, right? His, his hustle ethic. And that ethic is really the basis for this album, not just his name as an artist, but every song all the way through it. It kind of reminds me of early Jeezy when he was still young Jeezy. And everything about him, his whole album was really about hustle and applying game in real life and that kind of thing. You mentioned his name and people of a certain age, I can't hear Nipsey Hustle. <laughs> I, I, I have to stifle a laugh every single time because all I can think of is Nipsey Russell yeah, yeah. and That's like right. mat, the match game or what, what or Hollywood Squares or <laughs> right, what were the game right. shows that he was, he was on yeah. uh, back in the 70s and, and early 80s. No doubt a play on that, though <laughs> I, I'm sure that there's a huge swath of Nipsey's fan base that has no clue yeah. what, what, what his name is a playoff of. But you know, at the same time, I, I want to make sure that we talk about other things about Nipsey. For instance, uh, right before I talked to him for this album about a month ago, he had an Instagram post that got a lot of backlash for him saying something homophobic in it. And while he wouldn't address that comment when I talked to him, he said he wanted to let the music do the talking. And I think in a lot of ways, listening to his story and getting context in terms of how he grew up and the kind of struggles he endured as a young black man in the kind of harsh environment of South Central LA, you get a sense of how black masculinity and survival can turn into hyper-masculinity in a very negative way sometimes. 
Um, that's definitely not defending or excusing his comments, but in a certain sense, he kind of does let the music speak for itself, even if he never directly answers a lot of the questions around his comment earlier. I'm glad you brought that up. I feel like in 2018, we're in such a strange moment around popular music and art in general, in which there's a kind of a shame policing all the time. And hey, I believe in, you know, I'm a feminist and I'm anti-racist and I'm absolutely anti-homophobic. But at the same time, music and art can express even the ugly side of reality and and I don't think that should always be stifled you know I think Mm. we need to hear all of this multiplicity of stories and it makes me uncomfortable if uh, boxes are placed around art so the record is Victory Lap by Nipsey Hussle and when I listened to this one one of the thoughts that I had and I think this is true of a lot of hip hop and and rap and R&B records is that that obsession with sound you know I mean certainly obsessed with the beats but just always how meticulously these are produced. And this next band is also obsessed with sound, but the sound is much darker, much moodier. And I think much of the obsession in their music and in the sound you can hear in the vocals. The group is called Loma. those voices so this is a uh, Loma from the record Loma the song we're hearing is called Black Widow and it's it's a combination of a couple couple different bands Jonathan Myberg of the band Shearwater and Emily Cross and Dan Zizinski of a duo called Cross Record they're two bands that toured together back in 2016 and they love each other's work so they decided to collaborate on this project uh, they're calling Loma um, Emily Cross and Dan Zizinski were actually married when they started working on this project and they split up in the middle of working on this project together, uh, but, but decided to continue to write and record together, and they were committed to finishing at least this album together. Um, but it obviously changed the whole tone and mood of the studio, as you can imagine. And I keep thinking of how awkward it must have been for Jonathan Myberg sitting in the studio with them trying to put these songs together. But the whole process became, you know, this journey for them to find themselves and to find these songs. and. Uh, it just works so beautifully. Uh, the duo, Cross Record, Emily Cross and Dan Zizinski and Shearwater, they both share, share some of the same sonic space, music that's just full of a lot of mystery and uh, 
wonder and darkness, and I just love it. All right, let's go to someone else who has, I think, an incredible voice, and that's Marlon Williams and his new record, Make Way for Love. I, I know Julie, a very private man who doesn't claim to understand the deed he does. Well, Robin, that's such an interesting story you shared about Loma and the breakup that inspired that record in some ways or that its members went through while making the record Make Way for Love, the second solo release from Marlon Williams, also is a breakup record. It's about his separation from a songwriter we love here at NPR Music, Aldous Harding. They were a couple for a long time. They parted ways. Marlon (laughs) had the most amazing inspirational spurt from this experience. He he just wrote this set of songs that are... they. Uh, heart-ripping, you know, really deep, intense, very blunt reckonings with heartbreak. Aldous Harding is even on this record, which I find amazing that the ex is uh, on the record doing a duet. And if I were to compare this record to anybody, I would compare it to Tim Buckley. This album touches on that eclecticism, that, that daring that Tim Buckley had. Uh, Marlon Williams can sing as deep as Nick Cave. Sometimes he, he can sound like Nina Simone, but uh, he puts it all together on this record in fascinating ways. I, it's going to be one of my records of the year, I think, I'm predicting. The records make way for love. One of the many great records out today, February 16th. Let's talk about one more record and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Let's hit this. Last night I drove to Harper's Ferry and I thought about you There were signs on the roads that warned me of stop signs The speed limit kept decreasing by ten As we entered a town about halfway there It was almost draining at the train station We put our words on our heads at the train station We threw rocks into the river The river underneath the train tracks And on the train came it was so big and powerful When it came to the river I wanted to put my arms around it, but the conductor looked in the funny. So we had to say goodbye and leave. The monopoly board still in the backseat. Took that nightmare turn to get out of town. Ran into the decreasing speed limits again. What should I do? Eat breakfast. What should I do? Eat lunch. What should I do? Eat dinner. What should I do? Go to bed. Where can I go? Go to the store. Where can I go? Apply for jobs. Where can I go? Go to a friend's. Where can I go? Go to bed. So it's Car Seat Headrest, uh, the record's Twin Fantasy Face to Face. 
This song is uh, called Beach Life and Death. It's it's a pretty epic song. It's almost like 15 minutes, 13, 14 minutes long. And I could bring it up at any point in the song and it would sound like a completely different song. But mm. this is the music of Will Toledo, uh, the frontman for Car Seat Headrest. He's just an incredibly talented, prolific singer and guitarist and songwriter. And back in 2011, he released this record called Twin Fantasy. And he decided that he needed to completely rework it. He re-recorded it, and he's re-releasing a completely new version of it now, Twin Fantasy Face to Face. The original version he wrote back in 2011, he was only 17 years old when he did it, which I guess was uh, made it easier for him to write about what he wrote about, which was young love. Uh, (laughs) And in his case, how he fell in love with another boy when he was a teenager. And I, but I, it's, you know, it's not an overtly LGBTQ record. It's really about the universal experience of young love, about sexual frustration and heartache and yearning and all those horrible, awesome feelings that you have when you're a teenager. <laughs> I think it's so important that we're living in a moment when the LGBTQ experience is the universal experience and that music is, is expressing that in ways like this record does. This record is a journey from start to finish and definitely one worth spending a lot of time uh, with and digging into Twin Fantasy face-to-face from Car Seat Headrest. Just a reminder that for a complete playlist of all the records that we talked about, check out the podcast description for this episode. You can also listen to full versions of these songs and a whole lot of other great releases in our new Music Friday playlist from NPR Music. Just go to npr.org Spotify. You can also open the Spotify app and search for NPR Music. Thanks so much for this, everybody. Thank you, Robin. Super fun. Appreciate it. Yeah. For NPR Music and All Songs Considered, I'm Robin Hilton. Oh,